it was I was sitting in my car and like you know the guys locking up like you know like i was the last guy to the gym like he's You're locking watching up like, yeah i'm watching turning close the lights up out and, while you finished and I, you know yeah and i remember sitting there with like this massive shoulder pump like yeah. massive and it was like minus 30 out like <laughs> death freezing like brutal canadian cold out and i remember thinking nobody's gonna beat me love that it's not possible like i had a f- screwed up day and I just solved every problem immediately and just moved on. No hesitation. Drop, drop, drop. Like, oh, okay, gone, move. Like, there's there's one goal. Nothing else matters. Everything else is just details that can sort out later. Remember, everybody, to drop your questions in the comment section below right here. And then we'll make sure we get to them as soon as possible. Hey, everybody. Welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. Of course, myself, Big Ron Partlow, Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally. We're happy to be here, guys. Remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. You see, what I've done with all the bell ringing here is I'm strategically teaching Dusty to become a drummer slowly without him really knowing left and a right today. Yeah, well, I mean, we might evolve it into two bells. He has to hit two bells or something. I'll yeah. take it. Has to be three. Yeah. It can never be two. Remember, <laughs> right? Right. Odd okay. numbers. Yeah. Bells. Odd numbers. Okay. Um, got the milt the mutant built tough shirt on. I like that kinda, you know, kind of like the, you know, built Ford tough kind of ripped Ford off. Thought that was funny. It was good. Um, remember to go on uh, imutant.com. And you can get all your subs, you get your ISO, you can get your pre-workout, the all-in, you can get the gear. Get on the gear. A lot of gear. You need the gear. I'm yes. drinking I'm drinking iced tea gear right now. That's my thing. Um, remember, Dusty20 or Big Ron20. Those are the two codes you can use. And Scott gets completely left out of this one. However, That's all right. That's all right. However there is a Think Big Bodybuilding Network Patreon that yes. you should go to. And for the price of a cup of coffee, isn't that what they say? Something like for that. For the price yeah. of a cup of coffee, you, you can, can feed keep Scott a podcaster homeless. <laughs> you can feed yeah. a podcaster. <laughs> we, should have, <laughs> we should have Sarah McLaughlin do the voiceover for that Kingdoms part. Yeah. Of you know? an angel. And I'll just feel exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. I'm so hungry. So, I'm so hungry, guys. So, yeah, get pictures of Scott dieted right down, like shredded, and just yeah. use like it's just zoom in on his face. Yeah, yeah, you know? just the face. Yeah. Don't let him see the just muscle. The face. I'll <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up. Man. Okay. Um, yes. So that's all the what I call the administrative bullshit. It's good that we that's have to oh, do right we, off the bat. We got our last show demonetized, Ron. I'll make a note. I'll edit that one. It's ready. Ready at the gate. Well, We're out to a start. Oh, I have no idea why they would demonetize us. We're so minor. You know what it is? So is minor. that we and go no for cares. a long stretch and you're really good. And then it's one follow. I think they're like, well, he did like seven in a row. So it's a little <laughs> it's a little rough there. It seems like they're fully automatic. Yeah. F- F- <laughs> that's that's it. That's wait, 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 wait. Yeah, that's what it is. Right. Single Can shot F-bombs are okay, but if you hold the trigger down yeah. and spray the F-bombs. You got to have a special license yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah the ATF gets we, involved. <laughs> what if I jump in and say that you have Tourette's? Then they can't. Oh, I like that. They can't. I'm a victim. 
I'm a victim. <laughs> exactly. You're being held back by the man. I'm a marginalized group that is being judged yeah. unfairly through the scope of able verbed people who don't yes, spontaneously exactly. swear. It's hate. Yeah. Hate crime. Okay. Hate crime. Hate crime. Hate crime. Um, what are we starting with today? Oh, yeah. We had a lot of good questions, and we had the Eddie Cohen interview, which was awesome. But we were going to talk about something we get asked a lot about. Do you have the genetics to be a pro bodybuilder? And how do you know that? And when did you know that? That sort of thing. Dusty and I get that question a lot. Hmm. You've heard that question a ton over the years with all your podcasting. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think? It's a question you can't help but ask yourself if you get involved in bodybuilding. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so in, in, I'm starting to feel like a politician before we even start. <laughs> because my first issue with the question is, if you love bodybuilding, you will find out by chasing bodybuilding. Mm. By, right. by just going for it. Like I have... This question does not bother me. It only bothers me when I feel like the question is being asked so they can decide if they want to get started mm. in the church. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's a hang up for me. I, like you, you got to go after this and, and go all in and then watch your body evolve and kind of see where you're at because that's the issue I have. It's a very regular thing where they're like, hold up, before we get started, and I actually put an ounce of effort into this. Can you make yeah. sure and let me know that I'm going to be financially set through bodybuilding because my physique will be so good? Right. Yeah, and um, when you when you bring that up, Dusty, it makes me think of how like you know nothing about being a pro ever occurred to me until I was like four years into training. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it, you know, I didn't like start training to be a bodybuild a pro bodybuilder. I just want I just love the process. You know, I remember thinking mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do a contest and just see how fun it is, you know, see how I do, yeah. you know, like I remember thinking like that, it, it wasn't like pro card stuff. I know that, I know that we sound like grumpy old men to some people when we talk about like the chasing the pro card thing now, um, but we have to cut everybody a little bit of slack um, because they're, they're constantly being bombarded with talk of turning pro mm, like yeah, you know just think right. of what social media has done to the the bodybuilding generation now it's all about like you know there's so much stuff about chasing pro cards they're just bombarded with it it's kind of not their fault in a way you know mm. like back when back when i started training like you know there was one pro a year right like one canadian a year yeah. so it wasn't like it was it's the reason lottery. people train yeah, it's like a lottery. Right. Like the yeah. gyms are just full of full of a hardcore guys benching three plates and squatting four plates and selling sustenance in the locker room and all the good <laughs> stuff that, that we love. And it was just for for the love of the game and uh, the, uh, the the just the fascination with what they were doing with their body. Yeah, it was just I don't know. It was just love of bodybuilding. It wasn't just like this crazy pro card chase, you know? Yeah. So it's 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 definitely different how it's worded now and how everyone talks about it, but. Yeah, like Dusty said, you, I mean, you got to want to compete anyways. Like, you know, I mean, you got to love it. I'll tell you what I've seen as a coach. I I know how I respond. Obviously, I, I saw myself dieted. I dieted myself. I tried to grow myself long before I ever attempted to help anybody else. 
And uh, then I could see, so that gave me kind of a, a foundation. I could see like, oh, this guy is really struggling. He has a much harder time getting in shape than I do. And it takes him a lot more work. Or I could see this guy, you know, grows muscle a lot more easily than I did. He doesn't need to eat as much food. And damn, he's strong. And he's one of those guys that's always been strong. And then I meet some people that it's like, no matter, once in a while, no matter what I do, no matter how hard I diet them, they didn't go flat. No matter what Mm -hmm. I do in the off season, I can feed them and feed them and feed them. And they don't get overly fat. In fact, I'll tell you what. As much as like, I feel like this program is super motivational for people who want to get as big as possible, but there's been kind of like there, this is a great conversation to have because I've had so many conversations with even people that I work with and I've had to tell them like, listen, we can't do what Ron was able to do. We can't do what Russ Dusty was able to do. Like we, some people, they can't necessarily just keep shoveling food and growing and growing and put on all that mm-hmm. weight and then also be able to diet it down. It's like one, one guy I'm think of, thinking of in particular, he has like a lot of loose skin. He was overweight before. And he's somebody that's yep. like, he's got to just keep it tight all year round and he can grow, but he can't be, he can't go from like 240 to 300 and then bring it back down again. You know what I mean? No. And, yeah. and that's no. a genetic thing. I guess I've just... I, I've seen how I respond, and then all, once in a while, I've met somebody and worked with somebody who's got just amazing genetics, and they're just—it's a yeah. different ball game. And that really gave me a lot of perspective on what good genetics are. So, we have people on the podcast that are like, "Hey, I didn't—I don't run a lot of gear," and we get so much feedback from the audience. It's like this guy's lying; he's full of it. Well, he had to yeah. use a lot more than that to grow. He might not be on much. All of these reasons why that's not true, but I've seen it firsthand. I've worked with people firsthand who have turned pro without using trend. People who have been literally under a gram of gear, and they're out-muscling people on stage that are taking way, way more than that. It's so hard to get that through your head. Maybe I wouldn't even believe that have I not had the experience I've had with so many clients, you know? Mm. I I, uh, vividly remember when I first started training, like 14, 15, 16 years old. I remember that gym. I can see the room and I can see this one guy that used to train there and his name was Marty. And he was there every single day. He was like furniture at that gym. He was in there squatting and deadlifting and benching and he had the boat neck shirt on and he had his sweats, you know, rolled up and the and he he uh, he wore the weight belt, and he he trained hard, man. Marty was always red face, veins in his forehead, <laughs> just pulling on stuff, loading up the leg press, training really really hard. He probably trained too heavy, you know. But yeah. his form wasn't terrible. It was just like kind of risky, you know. And he just <laughs> trained like he trained really hard. Like other people made comments like, "Oh yeah, you know, if you want to hop in with Marty, like." You know, they would say like the odd thing like that. And he was, he trained really hard, but the guy never grew, man. He just Mm. looked exactly the same all the time. He never really gained Mm. any significant amount of muscle. He kind of, he looked like he lifted weights, but he did not look like a bodybuilder at all. He didn't have any genetic predisposition to have like the packs or anything like that. And Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking like, this doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. I was aware of that. Like as a kid, I was aware of that. Like I'm 15 and I'm looking across the gym and I'm like, man, I put an inch on my arms in it in like the first three months I trained, hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. 
And this guy like is killing himself. Like I'm almost bigger than this guy and I've only been here a year, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And it's, I just, I just, it was, you know, not saying that people nowadays don't see that and notice it, but I just remember my experience of like really seeing long-term like hard effort, just nothing happening, you know? And he was like eating and pounding shakes and like just hardcore, but just never grew at all. And, and it was just, you know, it was, it was good to see as a kid because you realize you're like, well, hey, there's a spectrum and I'm, I don't really know where I am somewhere on it. Yeah. But, you know, let's not get too cocky, <laughs> you know? So I, th- I think to really answer the question, what you got to, <clears throat> what you come down to is what does it mean to have the genetics? And I think there's the part that people miss, like, because there's different stages of it. Like, for example, how does your body hold up for years of training? Ah, That's yeah. part of the genetics, just training hard, right? We're not talking about drugs. How does your body handle gear? Like how often, Ron, do you get asked, oh man, you have very problems with acne? And you're like, no, never. Well, what if you took this? No, this, no. Yeah. Like, all these little things were never issues for me. You know, oh, did you have any bad reactions to this, this? No. Anger mm. issues? No. Like all of those things functioned fine. Recovery was fine. I didn't have a slew of injuries, and I definitely trained on a line that most people would have broken in half. So I think you got to factor those things in. But the easiest way to do that is say, A, do I love bodybuilding? Do I love doing this? And kind of get after it for a while because I got serious in 2005 leading into 2006. I did my first like show where I really went for it. And after that show, I knew, I was like, I want to do this. And I said, all right, I want to compete within two years of now, and I want to win the whole thing, you know? And two years later, I won my first overall. And I was like, okay, I demolished the kid I was two years ago. Yeah. What will happen if I compete again in another year and a half or so? So it was October of 2008 that I competed. I competed again in 2010 in June and won the Junior Nationals. What happened in that year and a half was nuts. Year and, you know, eight months was nuts. I think that those are the things you got to factor in. But the other thing is, is during that time, and I know, Ron, you speak the same on this, I was a machine. Like, literally, bodybuilding was my life. I didn't miss meals. I wasn't, like, the perfect dieter. I, I was a big believer in having, you know, whatever food here and there. But every three hours, protein and food was going down my throat. And... I don't think I ever missed a training day. If anything, it was the opposite. Yeah. It was staying home when you were supposed to. But it'll start to show itself because when I told people after my first show, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to do this for a living. I don't have that great structure thing. People more or less laughed. Hmm. And I don't disagree with them. But I went for it. And then by the time I won my first overall, you know, a third of those people were starting to wonder if it was possible. I was still sure it was. Then in 2010, it was kind of an agreement. Like, okay, this is going to work. So I think the biggest thing is being a realist along the way with how you're how you're improving to really make that decision. But unless you're Phil Heath, you don't walk in. I had to have you run quarter turns, and I go, yeah, you can do this. Like, you yeah. know, the, there are just too many. I don't think people realize that that we'll call them the 1% of bodybuilding. They don't ask that question. So you're not that. Yeah. Yeah, if you have to ask, that's a start right there. You know what I'm saying? If you have to ask, yeah. then there's it. But then also too, like you, you, 
you may have better genetics than you realize, you know, because because oh, you could sure. have zero delts, right, naturally, and then you start training and they just pop out of nowhere. And you can take that, you know, as far as you can take it. I think that the initial point both of you guys made is so important that it's do you have the passion for it? Because if that is the foundation, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to make a that's going to become your life. But just because you love basketball doesn't mean you can be a pro basketball player either. There's that. You know, but yeah. you can still like take it as far as you can take it. And I can speak personally that there have been so many lessons in my life. Like I am far from a pro, you know, I, I was far from becoming a pro yet. Bodybuilding has been a huge influence in my life personally. It's meant a lot to me and I could have never competed against either of you guys, you know? Well, I think you got to add in one more thing, slightly off topic, but not, but some of the best bodybuilders I know weren't great competitively. Hmm. And that sounds confusing to people. But to me, I used to hate the argument, well, you got to compete if you're a bodybuilder. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, does that right. mean I'm that Ron's not a bodybuilder anymore? That I'm not a bodybuilder anymore? Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, give me 12 weeks, I'll, I'll still beat most people that think that. And that's not the goal. So, you know, bodybuilding is living the lifestyle. And if you enjoy doing that, there are plenty of guys, like you said, Ron, that live it day in and day out. And I mean, I don't think anyone can deny that the boy, the guy at your gym was a bodybuilder, you know? So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's, um, you, you know, like when you say guys that are good at bodybuilding, even though they don't compete, you know, like they, they they put the work in and they get the results and if you put yeah. it like relative like i've seen some guys man you know relative to the amount of gear they took which was like very very little these are like i've seen guys that had crazy genetics you know like i'm sure scott's dieted a bunch of guys that just did one show you know like i remember one guy's like oh, my wife's letting me do one show yeah right hey, tell us about that it was awesome and i helped him and man his body just like in in four months his body he must have put on 20 pounds of tissue while he got shredded like That's he completely wild. transformed <laughs> like i think his arms were bigger on stage than they were when he started <laughs> and his he actually gained weight during the press yeah like his weight hardly moved but he just got <clears> and then he he his his glutes were ripple chip r shredded like he just did one show for fun he was like 40 years old Dang. and just like Everyone was like, what the hell did you do to that guy? And I'm like, that guy just, that guy's just got it. It was just yeah. same old diet, you know, like probably 400 tests with nothing. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, probably 400 tests a week with like no anabolics. I don't even know if he took any like orals or anything like Anavar or anything. I was probably barely anything because he's like, oh, yeah, my wife's like. Let me do this one show, but like, you know, <laughs> can't go crazy. Yeah, yeah, can't go crazy, you know, and like you see somebody and you're just like, ah, it's, it's a cool perspective, too, people. you know, and he, you know what I mean? I don't like him. I don't like At him the end of yeah, the day, and like the whole thing was just a riot for him. Like it was kind of easy, you know, like huh. he'd, he'd show up to pose at the gym because I saw him every Sunday at the gym and he'd show up and he'd be like, ah, I had a Mars bar on Wednesday, but I did a little <laughs> extra cardio. <laughs> You know, and then he'd and he gear down, better. and I'd be like, "Oh my god, you're like way better than last week." You That's know, we should have so two Mars bars next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he stressed a second. That's so cool. No. I I think that at the end of the day, and when we talk about this, 
You know what I really, really want for everybody who watches all of our stuff is I just want them to have a good experience with bodybuilding, you know, so that they keep it in their lives and that they can con- mm-hmm. continue doing this long term. You know, really, that's to me what if we could bestow anything upon people. But it, it bums me out when people are disappointed. But, hey, all of us, I don't care how good the the three of us are, because, I mean, my genetics are going to be better than some other people's are, too. You know, we all had our own limitations. There had to be some point where we all recognize, well, I can't take this further. You know what I mean? So. There, there is that, and, and, and that no matter what, we all, we all have to like be okay with that. I guess you know what I mean. Or otherwise, we, otherwise, people walk away and they're they're unhappy with the experience mm-hmm. they had, you know, and then it's no longer fun. I agree. Um, making sure that people have a like, I love when I see people do their first show and they're happy. Yeah, you know, even if they didn't place that good or whatever, they're still like, oh man, this was awesome. You know, yeah. like that's, that's, that's great. It's also what's heartbreaking when you like, uh, I won't name any names, but a buddy of mine come up to me and he's like, Hey, you know, see that girl over there. And I was like, yeah, he's like, I helped her this weekend for the bikini show. And I was like, Oh yeah. And he's like, man, you should have heard what was, did you hear the story? And I was like, no. And he goes, ah, oh. you know, her boyfriend came to me like three weeks out and he's like, man, like, I think there's something wrong with her coach. And he like showed him the diet and it was just like, you know, the nightmare, like it was like 700 calories and, you know, like just, you know, two hours cardio, just like all the stereotypical stuff like that. No, no one, none of us would ever do like, right. You know, Dusty would never eat 700 calories and do two hours of cardio. He would just never do it. Um, no. And so, so uh, he said, well, let me help her. So he like took over her diet and like saved her entire experience Cool. And she was like, you know, that sort of thing. Like she was like, man, this was like the worst experience of my life until three weeks ago. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, there's, it's, 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 it's a shame when that type of thing happens. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it's really good when someone, you know, can help them. So, but making sure. Can we add how experience. hardcore she is for doing, doing that? that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing I always find interesting oh. is when somebody comes to you with that issue, you're like, okay, first off, I know you're going to be fine prepping. Because you're a machine. Yeah. Now we're going to double and your food and lower tough. your cardio. You're going to get leaner. Oh, girls, girls are freaking tough. Machines. They're very durable. All right. Listen, we had, other, we had a couple other topics. <laughs> we, we had a bunch, actually. But what do you guys think? Because there was two of them. Um, one of them was, um, do you prefer to train in a full gym or completely alone minus training partner? And the other one was what have uh, what is something that you had to sacrifice in your life to get what you have today? We can take either of those. Which one do you guys want to do? Choice first? B. B. All right. Oh, B. B. Okay, I'm fine with that. And, and Ron, you're starting because I chose B. <laughs> oh. Ah, uh, I don't know. These conversations are weird because, like, there's like so you know I I'm working on like trying to you know do a bunch of things so i don't feel like i feel like this is the type of question you you talk about when you're done <laughs> yeah. i don't feel like i'm done yet so but we can't talk about this from the I, grave buddy we got to do it now no good no point. i i i don't i i just always lived my life where i didn't buy something if i couldn't afford it and mm. i've never really cared about stuff 
Like, yeah, I got like some nice guitars now, but like this is recent. Like I'm 47 years old. I should have some nice stuff. Right. <laughs> no, I wasn't no 25. Point. I didn't have 20, you know, 20 grand worth of guitar gear and a fancy bike in a room when I was 25 and then not own a condo. Yeah. Like, right. That's, I never did any of that. I played a cheap guitar for the first like year, several years, like first 10 years, I played a $200 guitar, you know, and, you know, saved my money and invested money and put money in mutual funds and like all the basic, you know, stuff. Even when I was like 21, 22, 23, I was always saving money and just didn't spend stuff if I couldn't afford it. And I drove a box car like for a long you don't time. Have to do that. I didn't. No, no, but I did that. Like, I, <laughs> like, you know, I drove a $600 car for like two years. I drove a, the $3,000 car for like five years, you know, and then I finally got like a, a you know, a grand Cherokee, but I drove, I put 300,000 kilometers on it, drove it into the ground, you know? So like, mm-hmm. I just, I, I wasn't a spender and I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. And I think that that had a lot to do with it, you know? I know Dusty's, Absolutely. you know, rolled a lot of cigars with $100 bills, but he's also <laughs> saved his money. So, <laughs> How about you, Scott? I, I, love, I love hearing your perspective. It's always very different. And I, well, I can relate to everything Ron is saying, because I was thinking about that with like my gun stuff that I have, like if, if I were to go back and I were to think about some of the younger people that I talked to and they've got like that one rifle. You know, and that was like the one thing they could afford. And I've got a few, you know, and I feel like that to me, I feel really grateful that I'm in a position now where, and like you said, man, it's like, I should be able to buy stuff that I like nowadays, you know, at the same time, I want to try to be careful with that. But uh, what did I have to, to give up? You know what? I had to give up my irresponsibility was the big one. Like that was really kind of the, a, a key to a lot of like irresponsibility and selfishness were like the two things that I think really held me back. And that helped me to grow up. And even after yeah. I made that decision, it still took, it's still taking me like 15 years to act like, of, you know what I mean? Like I made a decision and I knew like from this point forward, and it was like getting clean too. That was a big part of it. Right. I knew from this point forward, it's going to build and now I feel like 15 years later, I'm finally seeing like the the work that I started back then, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. That's great. It's, it's the patience is such an important part of all of it too, you yeah. know, being patient, but having, you know, outline goals. And I just, I remember too, I saw people spending too much around me and it was like, I just was like, oh, it's not going to go well. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um celebrating like five years clean and at that time so you know i had my whole other life and it was on a different life path with photography and art and then i got clean and then when i got clean i was like well what am i going to do now and so i just like i took a job and just like worked within the system and it wasn't Mm -hmm. me but it was like i'm just doing what i had to do and i'm like figuring out how to live and i remember getting like five years clean or six years clean and my boss, who was a guy who was really helpful at the time, I used to, through college, I worked at a custom picture framing shop and I went back there for a while and I commented on Facebook or made a post on Facebook. Hey, you know, I have five years clean today. And he said, you know, that's really great, but 
what are you going to do with your life? It's more than just staying clean. And it really irked me at the time because I understood that. But at that time, it's like, it's it's been five years. Yeah. But I'm still trying to put the pieces together and I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there yet, but I knew I was on my way to where I am today. So it irked me at the time though. Cause I was just like, you know, I, it was still to me early on in that process. I had a lot to learn still, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What do you, what do you think Scott was like, was there any moments? Uh, this is just my curiosity where you went, damn, like I'm on the right track now. Like, did you did you get an apartment alone and we're like because you know I think we we when we're when we're talking and people talk about success or big dreams like I feel like we downgrade those little things like getting your first apartment like alone or whatever it is to me was a huge deal and now it's like when you as soon as someone gets the apartment they want to tell you about their three million dollar house they're gonna get someday I'm like dude I love my one bedroom so you I know, know was there something where when you were coming back from you know clean and that was just something that you were like okay, this is a sign I'm on my path. Absolutely. But it wasn't monetary. It was seeing that I could be of value to other people. Like my mom was going through some hard stuff at one time and I was able to help her during that. Or even like me not falling apart when my dog died, which was real. That was like the first really hard thing I had to deal with when I was clean. And it's not that I wanted to use drugs as a result of that, but I also didn't have the the skills to cope with life when you have really mm-hmm. strong emotions. So that was a really difficult challenge. And to be able to get through those things to me, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely on the right path because I, my life didn't fall apart as a result of that traumatic experience. Right. That's awesome. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as the giving up thing or, or sacrifice, First, I'm going to take a step back from the question and say, I didn't do this well in the beginning. I always like to point that out because anytime you listen to people like Ron really was smart and conservative with money and those things from a young age, I wasn't. Like the the moment I was making money, I was like, I need a seven series and I bought one. (laughs) Really? And, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, And the thing is, and I've talked about this on the show before, I didn't understand that there was a difference between being able to pay for something and being able to afford it. Okay. So I learned that down the line, but what I would say is look at life the same way you look at bodybuilding. You would say to yourself, okay, I want to win, you know, the Vancouver pro-am amateur division in 2024. Okay. And you would work backwards from the show. What needs to happen between that date and today to make that happen? Mm. And you line everything up and you follow the path. And if you follow the path, I mean, granted, someone can beat you, but for the, you're going to have your best shot to get there. I feel like in life, what we do is we say, okay, I want to retire at this age. I want to have a house that's this. I want to have a lake house. And then we just randomly throw in there that we're going to buy a couple seven series as if that's not going to slow down that process hmm. to get to that finish line or even make it impossible. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> so I think that that was the big thing I learned was once I eliminated those things, I also had the freedom to make decisions that weren't just monetary. You know, um, when I signed with Mutant, they did not give me the best offer financially that I got that day but I knew it was the right fit. So I didn't need to go to money. You know what I mean? And that has long since paid off. 
Uh, so those kind of things are great. And then the, the biggest thing that I would add is along the way, making sure that you take those moments to notice your little wins. Because like I said, I do remember the first apartment and how awesome it was during the process. And that was rather than being like a quick, okay, I can't wait to do the next thing. Yeah. It was like, all right, I'm, I'm on a roll now. I can do this. You know, you get your first place, you furnish it like a big boy and you don't have any posters on your wall. You're like, there we go. All right. Like, it's not embarrassing for mom to come over. So, you know, <laughs> depending I on just the posters, think that inching okay. along. Yeah. Well, yeah. if they're good posters, mom, come on now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think inching along is the key because just like bodybuilding, we all want it immediately. And that's why guys take too many drugs in the start. And that's why guys start making a little bit of money and drive a seven series like a moron. That's that's not going to yeah. get you to where you want to get long term. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we had that other question and it was. Do you prefer to train in a full gym? And we also have some listener questions, oh. too. Or completely alone minus a training partner. Oh. I I always loved a, a, you know, moderately busy gym. I, I just I, I'm a. You know, I've had some amazing workouts in an empty gym. I mean, you know, we still go to Braden's house once in a while and smash in his garage. You know what I mean? And it's like super fun. Crank the music. The workouts are always awesome. Um, but I, I sort of, you know, that's I, I guess I'm kind of a recluse most of the day. Like I spend I've always spent a lot of my day alone. You know what right. I mean? Like I've yeah. always done that. I've always spent a great deal of my day alone. So going to the gym is kind of like. I guess even if I don't even talk to anybody when I train, which is, you know, how it usually goes, it's still kind of my social time in a weird, like subconscious, mm -hmm. psych psychological way. I'm like I was around people today. Yeah. Don't tell yeah. me I'm a hermit. You know, <laughs> I was in a big room full of people. I'm perfectly social <laughs> with, my with, yeah. <laughs> with my headphones on. Yeah. With my headphones on. Not to no one. To anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was on an airplane. I am social. <laughs> yeah. But I was like the energy of the gym. Like I, you know, I, I, I still think of that first gym that I started in, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't meant to be a hardcore gym. It just sort of became one because that was the crew there at five o'clock every night after school. Nice. It was just kind of mm -hmm. like a bunch, there was some football kids in there. There were some old power lifters. There was some local bodybuilders that were actually pretty good. You know, they're playing, you know, Metallica CDs and stuff. So it was like unintentionally kind of a hardcore little gym and people yelling and hollering and, you know, using chalk and, you know, swearing and dropping F-bombs. Like, you know, I remember the management would like, they'd send somebody in like, hey, can you guys not swear as loud? Like, I remember that type, <laughs> that kind of thing happened when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. So I, I guess that still get it today. Yeah. Still get it today. <laughs> it's called YouTube now. You know? Yeah, just YouTube does it. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I, I always liked the energy of a pretty busy gym. You know, that's, that was always like part of the fun for me was just ever the other energy too, you know? Right. Scott, you know what? I enjoy my home gym, but I've been heading up to uh, my friend's gym called West fit and it's just a small gym, but I've been, every time I go there, I get a good workout in and I stay more focused. So I've been enjoying going up there and training at Mike's gym. That's been cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess mixing so, it up is also like part of the novelty. Like when we go train it in Braden's garage or whatever, it's like yeah. part of the novelty is that we're like, okay, 
Yeah. No one's around today. Like, you know and it just I mean? keeps so me I'm more right. focused. I don't know. I've been getting away from like, I'll have other stuff and I'll be like, oh, you know, I'll sit down for a minute and then it takes me longer to get back versus if I'm there, I just do my three sets or two sets and then I move on, you know, and do the next thing. Right, right. What, what, where am I going next? And I just stay plugged in and it, it's good. It's been good for me. It's been a nice change. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm going to do a Scott here and, and, and pull an accurately <laughs> rated. Oh, man. And, and, and what I mean is, um, you say you when, love I first, equally? Now, when I first started being in the gym and watching the freaks that I wanted to become was everything. Like I, I, I figured out when the best bodybuilders were training and I would go then because yeah, I right. just wanted to watch what they were doing, feed off of it, you know, get, get going. And I remember too, as in time, as I started to improve, they approached me. I never approached them. Like, and just kind of right. let me know things were going well. Um, then when you fast forward to uh, the word I can't say, but there was that little break where no one was in the gym for a couple yes. of years. Yes. Um, I absolutely loved training in Muscle Factory alone. Yeah. Like we would go in there. It was me, uh, Tommy and Will. And like, we didn't even turn all the lights on. We would just turn the music up. We had all the windows yeah. covered up and we would train. And it was fun because it was so literally focused on the thing. Like, I think we spoke even less when it was just <laughs> the three of us. Because you'd walk in like, mm, mm, mm. chest, okay. Right, right, right. And then you get started. You know what I mean? It's super so it was grateful. Fantastic. Super grateful to be there, too. Oh, right? yeah. It was just <laughs> awesome. And we had, and the thing is, is that was before Muscle Factory is what it is now. I mean, like, we, there were no rowing, like, equipment in there, Ron. So, like, yeah. it was like, which grip of barbell, dumbbell, or Smith row are we doing today? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, which was right, which right. was awesome, actually. And that was also my reminder that I had gotten spoiled living in Scottsdale. And like, oh, I go to this gym for quads, and I go to this gym for hamstrings. And now I'm like, don't be up. Just train in the gym you're at. You're fine. Figure right, it out. Right, right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> but now, now that I'm old and still not wise but trying – Training at the gym that we're at and seeing young kids blast is awesome to me. There are a few kids in our gym that just go in and just blast their brains out and have no idea what they're doing, but they're working hard. I just see them sweating, and I'm like, and everyone in the gym is like, is grumpy old men that are like irritated. All those five kids are all training together. They're in the way, and I'm like, dude, that was life back then. Like yeah. I, I lived yeah, to yeah, get yeah. off of school and go to the gym and then as soon as it's over, start talking about what we were doing tomorrow. Like, I don't know how we all forgot that. Like that was the best time period of my life was just training with the boys and being like, you know, we're going to train until we puke. Okay. What are we doing? Everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were good times. So it, it's fun now in reverse to look and, and see them because there are the few that, you know, there's a couple of kids in that gym that I didn't know. And like you go in the locker room one day and they're peeled down. And you're like, oh, uh, if you need to ask if you can be a pro, the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So that is my Scott McNally accurately rated. I got a follow up question for you guys. So this is a question. So we had Nick Walker on Blood, Sweat and Gear last week, which Who's that? turned out really good. He's a he's a guy who doesn't have to ask. <laughs> he knows. He knows. Who's that? <laughs> His guest we, posing looked insane, by the way. We asked him a question. What do you prefer, a gym that has good energy or a gym that has great equipment? 
So kind of right. a related question here in a way, you know what I mean? Because you could right. have great right. equipment and it's empty or nobody, you know, that we really care about, you know, just the, 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 the grandma crew there. Or, right, you know, right. basic stuff like, like Muscle Factory with like three different grips, but, you know, uh, not a lot of people. Oh, excuse me. I, I but answer, all the energy. I, right. I answer that what question every day I train right now, by the way, because I don't train at the best gym in my city. Okay. Because right. the owners are douchebags and there's the, you're not allowed to have good energy in that gym. Oh, I hate that kind of place. We have one yeah, of those like too. they don't yeah, they don't they do not want it and they're losing people left and right and they think it's because of their pricing structure and they they just cannot see what's happening. Like people love to go to the gym. I mean, Ron, you know this, when you were in your like in your prime, how many like normal people cuz you're also a nice guy would walk up to you like, "Oh, I love when I come in and Ron Partlow's in here training." They're not scared of you. They love yeah. it. It was, uh, I, I remember l- tons of times that happened. Like, I remember, you know, people would bitch about how bodybuilders get treated, and I'd be like, I don't get treated like that. Me neither. Maybe Never. it's you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're doing something that irritates everybody, and they don't, like, for some reason, they just don't want to put up with it. I remember there'd be times I'd go into like World Health back in Edmonton. It was like kind of a more fitness club, you know. I'd go train mm-hmm. there and I'd like leg press and I'd make some noise. And then I'd hack squat and I'd make some noise. And then I'd like, you know, do my extensions and leg curls. And I'd say, you know, talk to the girls at the front desk on the way out and, you know, chat with the manager. And they were all like, yeah, good, good workout. Eh? And, I'd, you know, good luck at your show this year and all that I love stuff. That vibe. And then there'd be other bodybuilders would be like, yeah, I got in trouble for yelling. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know why I don't get in trouble and you do. Maybe there's more to it. Are you yelling on like curling, you know, warm-ups or something? Like maybe there's a context to why I don't get in trouble and you do, yeah, you know? Because right. other bodybuilders would be like, how come you don't get in trouble for your leg days? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it just makes sense. Maybe they're like, oh, yeah. You know? I think that that's so the answer. That. You, you said that. You said that, Ron, and it made me laugh because I'm like, I said, that's never happened. I go, oh, wait, yes, it has. At the gym I left mm. here is the yeah. only time. And it's funny, but um, so I came to Gold's, and, and we'll have to bring up a 19th separate subject here, but I came into Gold's, and I wanted to try it. So I just got a day pass. Walked yeah. in, kind of day pass, sure, 15 bucks, got the pass, good for two days. Um, I trained, I trained that day. I had another day in the day past. I'm like, I don't need it. I signed up. They had like a kiosk where you sign up. So you just do it yourself. Sign up at the gym. I'm coming in there like two days later, I'm doing dead stop rows and I can feel, I don't know who he was, the manager, the trainer manager, whatever he was, but a big dude. And I felt him behind me as I'm rowing and it wasn't like quiet rows. I wasn't church rowing that day. And I got done. I put the weight down. It's the same movement that I got in trouble with at the last gym. (laughs) So I sat up and I just kind of slowly turned. And he goes, that was awesome. I haven't been able to see you since you got in here, but we're glad you're here. And I'm like, ah, that's cool. And and now that's uh, that I train with him every Sunday. Now we train legs. So, yeah, he's he's cut from that cloth as well. And uh, but it's just funny, the difference. Because I was, I was like, yeah. oh, come on, don't, don't do this to me again, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that was that. But yeah, I think if you if you treat the planes right, I'm with you. Like I, I'd get ready for shows and like, 
you know, my grandmother or someone like her would walk up and be like, good luck with the show. You're looking great. Yeah. And I'm like, right, right. I didn't even know you would know I'm doing this. That's fantastic. That is really cool. I love that too. What, what, what did Nick say? What was his choice? Oh, he's at energy. He's at energy all day energy, long. Yeah. He likes yeah, a yeah, gym yeah, with good energy long. and that he'll make that would, work, you know, versus yeah. the great equipment. There'd, there'd mm. be like a breaking point on the equipment though. You know what yeah, I mean? well, it's got to be yeah. functional. You're not saying it's like not <laughs> going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like we're like not talking about training at Gold's, Gold's Venice on the beach where the bars are all bent and rusty. Right. There's <laughs> two like plates here, yeah, another yeah. plate way over there. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I got to bring up a, a separate subject if we if we have a moment. Do we have time yeah. on this episode, Scott? We've got time. So I got to bring this up. I got to bring this up to you, Ron, because I think Uh-oh. it's fantastic. It's on the subject I just said about getting a day pass. So the other day, a guy comes into the gym here, a a pro, apparently a a, a classic physique pro, very good. Uh, I don't know his name because I don't give a shit. But um, anyways, he comes in and says he needs a day pass and then immediately follows it up with, but I don't pay for day passes (laughs) because I'm important and I did the Olympia. And I'm not going to go further into the story because it might get someone in trouble for telling me the whole thing. That's great. It's amazing. I have to. I have to ask: Have you guys ever seen that, or even known someone with the nerve to think you were so special that you can't pay a fifteen dollar fee? What is wrong with people? Yeah, it's a strange thing. Um, Ron's like, gotten this. You could tell by the way he's answering right now. Ron's gotten this before. <laughs> It's a strange thing. I, I, I've gotten a lot of great treatment at a lot of gyms. You know, I've been let in for free a bunch of times, but I have always, always tried to pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a free membership from the last owner of the last gym I trained at. And I was like, I'm happy to pay. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not going to let you pay. Just sign the contract and I'll put you in. And, you know, like that sort of thing. So I've been very fortunate but I have never, ever expected it or asked for it. And I've always tried to pay. Like when we walked into Binus, did we try to get in for free? Of course not. You know, we just walk in. We're like, hey, and they're like, day pass. We're like, yep. They're like 30 bucks. Boom. Wristband. Thanks. Like, and the gym's full of pros. Like no one gives a shit about your yeah. card, you know? And, um, it's uh i don't know man the, the the this weird expectation like i think that they think instagram is the real world or something like that's a that's an accurate depiction of their world yeah you know yeah. like their world is their instagram that's what the world is and it's like no that's your world you yeah. know most people have no idea what's going on yeah it's it's super shocking to me because you know as as he's telling this story i'm just shaking my head because you know, like you, Ron, I've, I've went into gyms. Actually, I went into a muscle factory in uh, Texas where John Jewett and Renee train. Um, and this was years ago. And I went in and I was like, hey, can I get a day pass? And it was a young girl behind the counter. I don't know, just looked like a gym worker. And she goes, uh, let me let me see. And I go, oh, you guys don't do day passes? Like, I was nervous. I got dropped off by an Uber. I'm in the middle of nowhere from my hotel. And she goes, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to let you pay. And I'm like... Wait, wait, what? I was like, no, what do you, what's the price? And she's like, let me call the owner real quick. And she calls, she goes, yeah, sorry. He said, I couldn't let you pay. I, just, I knew who you were and I wanted to ask. And I was like, 
A, shocked that she even had any clue. B, I was frozen because I was like, oh, no, do they not do day passes? Because she seemed so, yeah. like, confused right, with what right, was right, going right, on. Right. And then and the, and the owner came in. He was awesome, awesome guy. But, again, it's like, dude, if I'm going to come to your gym and it's 20 bucks for the day, thanks. Thanks for letting me use your equipment. You yeah. know, I no, mean, I, it's, actually, it's I like supporting to businesses, me. too. Yeah. As a, well, you, you have know, a I gym, like right? Businesses. I mean, yeah. And it's it's funny because I was talking to Lance about this, and I wish I knew this kid's name. But there's a big, like, Instagram kid that goes into his gym, young, early 20s. And I guess he's, like, a big deal. Like, when other when he walks in, all the kids know who he is because, like, a college-age gym. And he came in there for a while, and then he left for a bit. I don't know why. And he came back in and got a new membership and signed up. And Lance was like, hey, man, like, you know, we're all good. You don't, you don't have to pay. Like you, you bring a lot of people and you're solid. And he goes, Oh no, no, no. I pay. He goes for a gym yeah. like this. I pay. And it's like, Lance yeah, yeah. is telling me this. I'm like, yeah, that's why he's successful. Cause he sees that and he knows he's got a great place to train, to create content and the 40 bucks a month. That's a steal to run his business out of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, it's good. Yeah, that it's there's right both sides of the coin, <laughs> but I really do wish that I could have been there when the guy was going on because I'm like, no one cares that you're yeah, a yeah. bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah, those days are over. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, my, uh, my friend Mike that I mentioned, his gym, BuzzFit, I, tr- I have a membership there. And the reason, I, like, he would, if I was like, hey, Mike, can I just get in? He'd let me come train anytime I wanted. And, like, if Victoria wants yeah. to come with me, she'll come with me, you know, but I pay a monthly membership there. And here's the thing is that I want to support that gym. And I feel like if he were to go out of business and I didn't support him, I would never forget that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. he's he's got it. It's in my community. He's trying to cultivate fitness and training, hard training. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. And if I don't support that and it ends and it's gone, then it's kind of on yeah. me, you know? Yeah, a piece of it at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not I all of it. I won't take that responsibility. That, yeah. Part of the new economy is you have to like support the stuff that you like you know like you you you, you need to support mm-hmm. it in in in, in uh, today's day and age for a dollar getting worth less every single day right <laughs> fact listen okay. i got a question i got a bunch a few questions here and i should tell everybody too if you guys have any questions uh that you want to share with the show then comment plus comments, all that stuff. It helps to boost the programming, but we need listener questions. We, since we put the ad interview out, you know, everybody was, everybody had a lot of really nice stuff to say, you know, about that interview, by the way. And thank you for all of that, but we didn't get a lot of questions in the last one. Right. I had a guy come up to me at the gym. He's like, you know, Ed Cohn, like that was the, you know, just think of all the people we've had on the show, like Jay and everybody. But Ed Cohn was the one where he like come up to me and he's like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like he was so like cool. pretty stoked about Ed Cohn being on the show. So that was that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. A few people mentioned that. I got a text you know? from Ed Cohen. Like, that makes me feel so special. So he was telling me about. <laughs> so, you know, he's doing the stem cells and he, he yeah. gave me some info oh, on right. some, some other stuff that he's doing with his doctor. So I was like, keep me posted. I want to know how these other treatments go, you know? Absolutely. That'd be cool. Absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we could all use some stem cells. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could fire that information over to me. I'll shoot you how to do a uh, share of a uh, text message. (laughs) 
So what about this one, guys? This is from Chris, Chris Wilson. And this was in the Facebook group. And uh, he asked the group this question. I wanted to see mm. what you guys had to say. He said, um, I'm 48. I started lifting for physique about two months ago. So he's literally brand new. My question is, if starting from absolute zero, what could I expect in, say, two years? My diet is on point, clean and controlled. Sleep is good. Plenty of water. I don't drink booze. I work out hard to me three days a week and a day or two of abs, calves, forearms, etc. Um, I do a basic push, pull, legs, um, shoulders, uh, push day, pull day, legs, shoulders, ab day. He says, I'm not looking for specifics. Just what could I expect working hard, eating and sleeping right at my age, being 48, coming from ground zero? So I think um, it's not the age that matters uh, much. I'm sure there's some science about that. It's the hormones. Like, I, I don't think it matters too much if you're, if you're you know, 35 or 45 if you're starting at ground zero, it's your training age and your hormone right. situation that are going to be the difference. So if his body's really banged up from all sorts of other athletics and he's really going to be hindered, yeah. or if he's already got a bunch of pre-existing injuries at 48, then there's a different story. If he's technically like, let's just say he's gotten to 48 with like nothing wrong with him and he can just give her in the gym then it would just be his hormone panel that he might want to optimize for maximum. Do you know what I mean? Like I think training age yeah. and the, your, his hormone situation are the yeah. big keys there. So you're saying it's trend. not really the, sorry. Your trend is what you, that's what you're trying to say, right? Trend. A lot of words <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for four letters, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the not training trend, age trend. matters. Like, you know, can he, you know, what can he do? Uh, is it un unfettered, like ruthless training? You know, like I don't know what his situation is, but yeah, I mean, those things matter. And then is he going to stay like natural? Like is his test level on the decline or is it optimized? So those would be important things to know. It's it's hard to say otherwise. Yeah. I think you really covered the majority of what could be added to that. So, you know, it's it's consistency over time. And, and also the big question we don't know the answer to is how will he hold up to the training? You know? Yeah, but I mean, I think we forget. I like, will, I agree with you on the training age, but like, did he play football for high school, college, whatever? And he's a busted up mess, and then he's like, "All right, now I'm going to lift." Because your your knee jerk is always like, "Well, training age, you're young." It's like, "Well, not if he went through the meat grinder and three other sports." He's like, "I did motocross before this." You're like, "Oh, well, then." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm <laughs> training age might be sixty two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you so know what, yeah you know what too is like I, and i'll say this is that i remember when i first got started up and i thought my diet was on point and everybody always says my diet's on point you know diet's oh, good. and then but then you learn more so what's on point now is going to be different than what's on point in two years and you're training like if you're training hard now what's training hard now is going to be different than what training hard in yeah. two years is going to be and so i say that too because like we, I think we all see that a lot. And when we see like newer guys that are like, they've got training figured out. It's like, man, I've been training for a long time. I still don't have it figured out. Cause I'm still like, I still redefine stuff. I still come up against problems and then I, or, or, or 
I hit a wall and it's like what worked really good stopped working and then I need to figure it out again, you know, or like the whole thing with after I got sick, like my training is completely different than it was two years ago. So it's like, you know, there's always an evolution. So, you know, if he was training as hard as Dusty can train, then he's probably going to make better progress than if he's training as hard as a newbie can train. But we know that he's not training like Dusty can't because he hasn't done it for as long as Dusty, you know, and most people can't anyway. So. Yeah, I'd say that, you know, just generally, though, someone who's pretty fresh yeah. to bodybuilding should be able to recomp, you know, between 15 to 30 pounds in a two-year period. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you had a really healthy 27-year-old come to me and he just starts training and two years later you said he was 30 pounds bigger and 30 pounds leaner, I I would think, oh, the guy's got, you know, he responded well, but that's yeah. possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another guy might be 10 pounds bigger and 10 pounds leaner, but that's still a significant change in how you're going to look. Like That's a big yeah. difference. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, sort of think in those terms, I guess. What about, uh, let's see, I think that was, that, that was really, oh, we had a couple here from Jim. Jim's always got something for us. Love Overrated, Jim. underrated. The dire straits. Especially... Oh. Kevin, who is this? David Knopfler. No, David Knopfler. David Knopfler, yeah. Knopfler. It's a little far away from yeah, the sea. David and Kevin yeah. look so similar. Very <laughs> same. Well, I don't I, I don't know a ton about Dire Straits. I know that Mark Knopfler and David Knopfler are brothers, and they started the band, and Mark Knopfler sings, you know, the song Money for Nothing. That's Dire Straits. Oh, you know? yeah. Great song. Sultan's a Swing. Sultan's oh, a Swing, yeah. Walk a Life. They've got a bunch of great hits from the 80s. And um, oh, Mark yeah. and David started the band. David's a rhythm guitar player. I don't really know anything about David Knopfler other than he was only in the band for the first two albums. <laughs> Not more than <laughs> Dusty, I know. The shit out of you, right? <laughs> I don't know anything about him. But he was only in there for two years from 87 89. His wife got pregnant. Then they had a kid, Jerry. And uh... yeah. No, I know that I know that he was on, he was on the first two albums and then he left the band because him and his brother fought a lot and then he went and he just was a producer he produces okay. but i don't know anything and he's a producer it. you knew that too <laughs> i don't know as much about the women in my house as he does about him uh, but dire straits is great i would love i always wanted to see dire straits live they're like they've got their hits but then there's also like tons of you know they've got tons of albums and Mark Knopfler's written music for decades and decades, but I always wanted to go see them live. They're kind of a blues band essentially, but they're like known as a rock band. Hmm. So they're they're great. They're great. But yeah. I don't really listen to them a lot, but obviously I, I know they're good stuff. Salton's a swing. Love that song. It's a good one. one and last money one. for nothing. Who doesn't like money for nothing? Who doesn't like that I riff? I love some money for nothing. Oh my yeah. gosh, that was that was so much fun for me. Just for free. Me too. me too. When you're asking questions, target Ron on things he doesn't know about. Yeah. Um, okay, this is one for each of us. Ron, I'm heading to Edmonton in a few weeks. Anything you recommend seeing? Snow. <laughs> <laughs> um oh man. I don't know. I only lived there for like 19 years. So it's um, 16 years. I was there for 16 years. Yeah, 16 years. 
So I, I don't have know. A suggestion: the Can Oilers. Yeah. Connor. You, McDavid. Well, yeah. The greatest. Go to an Oilers game, possibly ever. Yeah, that's that's ahead. the answer. That's the answer. He's he's possibly well. He's the greatest player in the league right now, easily, isn't he? Oh, for sure, for sure. But yeah. possibly Discord is. Yeah, they're it's, saying that, aren't they? It's, it's, no, like yeah. I'm sorry to go on a tangent, but like you could have somebody who doesn't know hockey watch and just be like, it's like asking a three year old like, what doesn't belong when he right. starts skating? You're just like. Well, I saw his, his overtime goal the other night. I saw his overtime goal yeah. the other night to win. And that's just yeah, he, business so he, as usual. You're going to love this, Scott. He he misses a breakaway in overtime. Okay. Goes up, smashes his stick on the boards twice. Bam, bam. Turns around. The puck goes over the side of his, his uh, teammate. He passes right. So now he's got the same breakaway. It's shorter distance. Does the same move and scores. And wins oh, in overtime. No kidding. The identical move because he was just – He's probably so pissed himself for missing because he could have got it the first time. He's like, right. I'll do it again. This goalie knows what's coming. I'm still going to beat him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's watching him. Like, if the Oilers are on TV, I watch the game. Yeah. Just because I want right. to watch him. That good. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's um, I've, I've been watching hockey for forever and obviously watched Lemieux, Gretzky, the greats. He's a different thing. Okay. It's, yeah. it's wild. So, so go to an Oilers game. I answer this question. Plus, the Oilers Edmonton just got a brand new arena. Like within the last few years, oh. I went and saw a Tool concert there, like probably 2018 or something like that. But it's like really nice, all brand new. You know, like one of the fanciest ones at the time in the league. So mm-hmm. that's cool to see. You know, and really in Edmonton. There's not really much else. Like, <laughs> we don't have a World Called Trade it. Center there. It's like the new <laughs> arena. That's the that's the the site. So you're pretty safe if you just get to an Oilers game. All right, Dusty. Besides, go dogs. What else have you gone all in on in the great SE? What's SE? You mean SC? Southeast? Southeast. 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 Okay. Or church. Supposed to be I've been going. I've been going to church a ton, just like the rest of them. Yeah. That's not true. I was just football. kidding. I have not. I've not been doing that. But anyways, that that would be like a, a true commitment to the South. If I dove in, um, no, nothing like super southern, but uh, but I've definitely gone all in on cigars. That has been. That's a commitment to me now. That's oh, like yeah. a. I don't want to get into the pricing. I'm working on ways to make more money from cigars so I can stop spending it. So that's my current goal in life. But yes, I do blame the South for that because you could never sit outside and smoke cigars in Arizona. Yeah. The idea of adding heat to your mouth of temperature while it's 9,000 degrees outside is not a thing. Yeah. Unless I could smoke a snow cone, like forget about it in that place. So yeah, nothing, nothing exciting here along those lines. Isn't the snow just... cone when you sprinkle coke on your weed? <laughs> Shh, <laughs> my children listen to this. <laughs> Not like I would ever do that, but isn't that what it is? I've just, I've heard. Scott, I have to Last read your one. Terrible your and these, uh, oh yeah, you, you go ahead and read it for me then, what? Dusty, and I'll answer it. Scott, what are your top tips for growing your audience for a podcast? 
So this is also from Jim McDonald. He has a podcast and he does a podcast about like computer stuff, which he I think he, he had messaged me too. And he was like, dude, I'm at a I'm at a convention. It's our biggest convention in our industry. And I'm doing a podcast on stage today. So I thought That's that awesome. was really cool. Shout out to him. And um, I would say um, provide provide think of your audience and provide them with with some type I'll tell you what this is something I had heard you want to provide value and it and you want to provide so much value that they share it with their friends so if you give somebody if you found a a $1 bill on the ground you're going to pick it up right cuz it's a $1 bill you're going to pick it up put it in your pocket but how many people are you going to tell about finding that $1 bill now if you found a $20 bill just rolling in the wind and you pick it up and you put it in your pocket you're probably going to tell a bunch of people that day. Dusty, you would tell us. You'd be like, you wouldn't be, believe it. I was outside doing my Instagram Q&A and a 20 rolled by me. I picked it up and put it in my pocket. And then we'd be like, holy crap, Dusty got a 20 today. That's crazy. Huh, what luck. Bam. So you want to provide that level of content. Each time that somebody tunes in, you want to give them a 20. I like this. I yeah. see. Also, don't say. That's excellent. Never mind. Yeah, don't, um, don't yeah. swear. Don't that's, drop that swear helps. words in the first five minutes. <laughs> I got I got one After more that, thing. You're good. I got one more thing and I could be way off on this. This oh is a while back in the podcast, Ron. You you were saying something about a gym and something hit me. No guys, I listened to Ron on a podcast long before I knew him. This goes back to like probably 2014. I want to say this was you, but tell me if I'm wrong that somebody told a story that they got to the gym and it was only open for a half hour. And they still wanted to get their workout in. Is this ringing a bell? Yeah, and, yeah. Do you remember this story? The in this, and I am ninety nine point nine percent sure it was you. Like something happened, and whatever the case was, you only had like forty minutes left, but you ended up getting the workout in anyway. And you used that, and this sounds like a round thing. You used that as like this is your constraint for the day that you got to get it in, and you got to get it in in that forty minutes. And you said that you were tired. And that you really weren't into it, but then once you got started, because of that constraint, you had one of the best workouts you had in a while. That was like yeah. 2014. It literally just came back to me. That's yeah, I, you remember. I, I actually think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there was a, a day in my prep. I was getting ready for the Albertas in '99, and I was living at my friend's house in the basement and sleeping on a mattress on the floor. And, you know, living out of a gym bag, going to college, like bodybuilding dream ass. Yeah. <laughs> bodybuilding dream, sleeping on the floor, you know, just like, yeah, living out of a hockey bag and a lunch lunchbox, like just, you know, prepping, um, getting up at six in the morning, going to bed at midnight, you know, all that sort of stuff, just getting ready for the show. And I came home one day, like six weeks out and, and my roommate's girlfriend had left a note like. It was like, hey, like, please. I can't remember what it was. It was like, no more cooking after 8 p.m., please, or something like that. I don't like her. Go Me ahead. Either. And I, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. But, out. but I just thought, oh, well, this is their house. So, like, you know, I'm not going to be able to follow that rule. So I got to go. <laughs> so I just called my other friend and I was like, hey, things aren't working out over here. I don't have any time for drama. It's all good. I just need. And he's like, oh, come stay at my place. And I was like, okay. So I just packed up everything I had, put it in my car. I was just about to go to the gym. And I was like, oh, now I have to move. So I just packed up everything, put it in my car, left a note. Hey, got to go see it. 
boom, moved. Went over to his house, unpacked, had to re- had to cook all my food because, you know, I was about to cook food, prep meals, and then go to the gym. So I had to go do all that at his house, you know, and then I didn't get to the gym till like 930 and it closed at 10. But I was like, I need to train today. I can't possibly miss a workout. Like it's not, it's not possible for, I'm prepping for a show. It has to be perfect. I have to train shoulders today. I remember it shoulders. Which isn't a so terrible word. It's not like legs or something, you know? No, I just yeah. rushed into the gym and like, I think I had less than 30 minutes, like 27 minutes or something. And I just rushed and just like, boom, 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 and just pounded out as many work sets as I could possibly cram into that time and drop sets, strip sets, whatever. And I remember afterwards, I was just like, I remember, I think the way I told the story was I was sitting in my car and like, you know, the guys locking up, like, you know, like I was the last guy out of the gym. Like he's You're locking watching up. Like, yeah. I'm watching him close up and, while you finished. And I, you know? Yeah. And I remember sitting there with like this massive shoulder pump, like yeah. massive. And it was like minus 30 out, like <laughs> death, freezing, like brutal Canadian cold out. And I remember thinking, nobody's going to beat me love that it's not possible like i had a screwed up day and i just solved every problem immediately and just moved on no hesitation drop 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 like oh okay gone move like there's there's one goal nothing else matters everything else is just details that can sort out later you know what i mean and it was just like a good i remember that i remember how i felt after that i was like this is like and i'm back on track yeah. I finished my day exactly the way I needed. Every every box was checked. Home to go to bed, including like, I, your I, boxes I, of stuff. Yeah, I, I have to ask now because I'm me. Please at <laughs> least tell me gotten, that, you, that you pulled in a dusty and wrote on her note. Don't worry, I moved. Or, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I can't remember what I did. But I remember I, my I buddy called me. He's like, you moved out. Bitch said I couldn't cook after eight. I had to go. I suggest you're, if you're talking to the boyfriend, be like, I suggest you get out too. No, no, it's all good. It was all good. He goes, where'd you go? And I'm like, oh, it's all good. I just, I cleared out. And he's like, oh man. And I was like, it's all good. Don't worry about it. And it was like, fine. It was like, no one was, everything was okay. That's amazing. It is. Oh, that's so good. So good. Yeah. I had one thing I had to say before we go. Yeah, I had Thank a you. I had a bit of a rant. Oh, you I had right. something that was bothering me. That's right. That's right. I need this to say something one. about. I don't mean to be judgy. <laughs> I don't mean to be a judgy person. I like when the story. But there's right I'm about to judge. There's certain things, and if you do them, there's just things I think, right? Like. And one of them is not putting lids back on stuff. If you don't put a lid back on something, it makes me feel like you're not going to finish what you were doing. Like you don't finish things. So like it happened that we, we had a funny convo on the staff chat the other day because someone left the lid not on on the protein. So someone grabbed it off the shelf and it like fell. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, and everyone's like, oh, I'm sorry. Bored. My bad. But it was kind of was funny, but but I just made me think like that bothers me. And we were ta- remember when we were talking about lids dusty, and that came up. Oh yeah, and uh, I just it's a it's a situation I don't understand it. You have it has to be if it's not on. When I open a cupboard and I see a bunch of lids kind of tilted, like they're not screwed on, they're just sitting there. Yeah, that's dangerous. 
Yeah. I just think there's a lot of stuff about to fall apart. You're going to write a note and just leave, pack your boxes. I'm about to move out. Yeah. <laughs> if I see that, if I'm staying at someone's house and I see dangerous booby traps set Again. for me all over the place. Again. Yeah. You know? Gotta go, Emily. Gotta go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Dusty was killing himself. Okay. <laughs> Dude, that was. So, you I were talking about your because girls in the house doing that. Well, no, but so you, you, you set me off, which, of course, this is like a reverse of me, because you said that, and I had two issues that took place back-to-back that entered my mind, because it just happened yesterday. Or no, it was this morning. I, I, I went to get some all-in, and <laughs> my youngest drinks it all the time. I drink it occasionally. Um, so I'm like, all right, I get some all-in. So I reach up in the cupboard, and I grab it all-in, and it's empty. Put it down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Grab another one. Empty. Put it down. Grab another one. Empty. I'm like, three empty tubs in the cupboard. I finally grab one that's not empty. And yes, we have a ton of all in for anybody who's confused. And I, it's full. So I'm, I'm a little irritated about those three, but I'm happy to have some. Then I open it. And you know the safety lid? It's not gone. It's just lifted. Right. She doesn't yeah, take it the all the way open. off. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even commit to opening the bottle. Like, <laughs> couldn't I'm commit like, to opening it. That's almost worse than not putting the lid back on. Dude, just, I mean, literally, it's just, I'm like, and I look in there, it's half, it's half empty or half full if it makes you happy. <laughs> but the lid, it's been opened many times and yeah. this wrapper's never been taken off the seal. I'm like, you're wow. ninjing around. Trying to get the scooper in there because it's it's still pinned on a lot. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my life, and you this know that's life. a small hand doing that. That's not a man hand. That's a small hand <laughs> yeah, in there. Got to be this hand just to do opening. that. Yeah, you know that that's a chick who's leaving that on and not peeling that off. Yeah, <laughs> you told me that. I, I laughed about the three empties, and then I remembered. I'm like, oh, and don't forget, we don't take the thing all the way off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's big. I we just think the, that there's gonna, there's problems. There's other problems. That's a, just a surface. Sy- that's a symptom of deeper issues on the surface. We we've had that happen. It, not a lot, but I've I've occasionally gone to grab like a bottle of Advil or something, and it'll be like right before bed, and you know, like I need to take an Advil. My elbow hurts or something, and. And they just two hundred you know, twenty-seven pills, yeah, real tired too. You know, like real tired, just getting ready to go to sleep. You just yeah, pick that I up. Really, dog time. Boom, all over the place. And then you got to tell the dogs too, like no, no, because you don't want the dogs yeah, starting yeah. an Advil. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not Advil. <laughs> so there's this production, but thankfully nobody did it in our house because I know I didn't do it. Right. I was told nobody else did it either, so we're good. Okay. Just, there's nothing no worse than a ghost come in and just loosen the lids and walk out. No, I, it, I'm you know thinking what somebody yeah. broke into your house and did that. They were like, "Screw this guy." It's, they it's just possible. unscrewed a couple lids and walked out. It's possible. Like, he won't need Advil till nighttime, and he'll only have the light on that's above the stove. Yep. And they're gonna go. Yeah. The one there. thing I want to do is pick up 400 <laughs> vitamin Bs off the floor at 11:47 p.m. Right. Right. Exactly. You feel my pain. Right. How much you vitamin D can the dog eat? <laughs> Just leave it. You Google that. You Google that before picking him up. He'll be fine. Leave it. Is vitamin fine. D toxic to dogs? <laughs> we'll just leave this for the morning. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
Okay, I hope everyone's learned a valuable lesson. Yeah, like you said, Scott, we got to try to leave everybody with a 20. Yeah. We left them a right. 50 on that one. You're welcome. <laughs> so, actually, there's a couple of good takeaways. Yeah. We, we kind of agreed to not spend money on stuff you can't afford. Check. Right? Yeah. Sort of. Is there a bit yeah. of a consensus there? I would say so. And then put your lids back on. Like, Important. finish Absolutely. what you started. That's like, that's like three quarters of a hand job. Like it's no good. Just, oh, I'm gonna need you no. to finish. Just, yeah, just all you had to do was just put the lid back on, you know, and then everyone would have been fine. Yeah, not like that's the move. I'm not saying that that's the move. <laughs> not like, I'm not wow, that's how you finish. <laughs> yeah, you, you cup the top, and it's just a twist. <laughs> Nothing to do with hand job. <laughs> oh, wow, we're teaching Ron's favorite move now. It's just, it's no, right no. here, ladies. It's right here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what did you call it? I call it the, they call it the pool stick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, we're done here. I think we're done. Uh, for we're those of done. them that actually made it this far into the episode, they get that little gem at the end. Yep. So remember to like, share, subscribe, comment. And bring the bell. I there you go. Drummed it. There you go. He drummed it for you. Good. Okay. Yeah. And remember, I am mutant.com, Dusty 20, Big Ron 20, and Scott's Patreon for Think Big Bodybuilding Network. And yeah, we appreciate you guys. Remember, it's just bodybuilding. <laughs>